Before we jump into the podcast today, I wanted to again mention the Awake and Aware Conference. If you haven't heard about it, it's an exciting conference designed to help you flourish in this demanding career. Rob Orman, Scott Weingart, and a crew of performance coaches are going to be there to help you elevate the way you think and do things. This will be in Bend, Oregon, May 1st through 3rd, 2024. You can sign up at awakeandawarebend.com. Use the discount code GEL, G-E-L, for $100 off. Hope to see you there. Ultrasound Gel Podcast. Ultrasound Gel Podcast. All right. Well, welcome back for part two of the Scuff Podcast interviews, People, Progress, and Pocus. And now we're going to hear from many more voices, some of which will be new to you, others will be well known to you. If you haven't heard part one yet, that's okay. Not necessary prior to hearing this, but you did miss out on a lot of great ideas. Go ahead and check that out. And, like last time, quick warning that sound quality is on the low side. So let's hear what they have to say. Part two, here we go. All right, so why don't you tell me who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Jason Nomura. I'm at Christiana Care, which is in Delaware. I'm currently the ultrasound director there for the emergency department and the medical director for the system-wide point-of-care ultrasound program, and also help run the ultrasound fellowship. So I initially trained in emergency and internal medicine in a dual board program and then went on to do an ultrasound fellowship with Paul Szczynski and then stayed on at Christiana's faculty and have been there all this time. So what Jason's <laughs> telling you is he likes to be poor because he trained forever. That is true. <laughs> Jason and I have known each other for like 14 years almost, probably somewhere around there. Oh, yes, yeah. forever. We had a very fortuitous meeting at AIUM one year <laughs> with some <laughs> awkward handholding. Yes. <laughs> So what is your favorite thing about SCUF and what are you most looking forward to for the future of ultrasound? So one of the things I really like about SCUF is it's a great opportunity for us to come together and meet with all the fellowship directors, the fellows, the ultrasound directors, and just whoever has a key part in ultrasound and have discussions, both learn from our peers, but also have all these like hallway meetings and little sidebars and discuss both what's going on problems we're all facing and potential new things that are coming through and we get to have a great soundboard. The other nice thing is that because we're not doing some of the CME stuff, we're a little freer with things we can discuss both in presentations and lectures and things like that because we have a little more leeway in some of those topics so we can branch into different things that we want to talk about and are, that are interested in the community and our members. Yeah, I agree. The practical pearls that come out of this conference, just to, how to run a program, I don't, you don't get really at any other conference. So I, I completely agree. Tell, is there any area of ultrasound right now that you have really been getting into something that's maybe pushing the boundaries or, or not? One thing that I've had an interest in for a bit now and has sort of waxed and waned, unfortunately, is contrast enhanced ultrasound. So when we first got the agents sort of in the U.S. and approval, I was really interested and in starting to use it a bit and then getting some training along with our radiology partner. So when we initiated it at Christiana, it was a joint project between myself and radiology. The sort of waxing and waning thing is sort of from our trauma response in the emergency department has shifted over time and then with COVID and lower volumes and the change in the patient population, it sort of went on the low and then it's going to start coming back up. But there's been some recent discussions in the literature about, you know, not using contrast enhanced ultrasound is really limiting our diagnosis and our ability to treat patients, both from a diagnostic and a management standpoint, not just in emergency medicine, but in ultrasound in general, including radiology. So I think it's going to continue to increase. 
as we start to use it more in the emergency department and start to see its applications and the science behind it. What void do you think contrast enhanced ultrasound is going to fill the most? Like what is its biggest area of opportunity, would you say? I think the two big, I think the biggest area is going to be sort of in the acute traumatic patient, but I think the focus is going to be more on the pediatric patient. So we can sort of go with radiation saving procedures where I don't have to CAT scan them if I'm suspicious. I do have the ability to do the contrast enhanced ultrasound. Now, granted, not everyone's going to need that because there's going to be patients that don't necessarily need that imaging and just monitoring. But if they need imaging, maybe this is a way for me to reduce the radiation exposure for those young patients, potentially pregnant patients. And then in certain of our areas where we have multiple traumas at once, it may be a time savings because we're sort of getting backed up in the trauma bay of who's going to CT or the OR, things like that, and help us figure out who's the sicker one, who needs to be prioritized a little sooner than others. Yeah, it it seems like an easy way to increase the sensitivity specificity of our fast exams of, you know, looking at solid organ injury, which we don't you know, typically do right now. So, and it does. And some of that is that Europe has the literature because they've had it available much longer. So they've been, so a lot of the studies that you see are based out of Europe. It's part of some of their guidelines and things like that. So I think it's an opportunity for us to sort of take this addition that Europe has had for a while that now we have access to and sort of integrate into our practice. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, thanks for coming on. No problem. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background and what brought you to Scuff? Yeah, so my name is Dr. David Colleen. I am a family medicine trained physician. I completed my ultrasound fellowship last year at the University of Pennsylvania. And what brought me to Scuff is I was here last year as a fellow and really loved the conference, a lot of energy here. And I'm just starting at a new job at a federally qualified health center in my hometown called Neighborhood Health. And part of my job there is going to be bringing them ultrasound. So I'm really here this year to really learn about all those nuances for growing an ultrasound program, getting the machine, getting your middleware, getting things set up, getting it integrated clinically. So I'm really excited to be here. Wonderful. That's, that's great. Sounds like a nice journey for you. What do you, what excites you the most about ultrasound in the future that's coming up? I think for me, the most exciting thing, especially in family medicine, is really getting the ultrasound education out there and giving clinicians the tools they need to be able to use ultrasound in their practice. I know for me personally, when I was in clinic as a fellow, you know, I was scanning two, three patients every time I was in clinic. And really, what I find amazing and I think I haven't found exactly how to quantify, but really is the relationship that you start to build with your patient when you put the ultrasound probe on them and they can see inside of their body, you can see inside of their body and the conversations that that facilitates. Thank you. Good seeing you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and then we'll have a couple questions for you. Right. Thank you so much for your invitation. My name is Grace Wanjiku. I am at Brown University right now. I am in the Division of Global Health over the there. But I am trained, I actually did my fellowship training in point of care ultrasound at Yale. I also combined it with an MPH in global health. So I was always interested in global health. And I spend a lot of time thinking about how we can create sustainable training, POCUS training programs in low and middle income countries. Yeah, so most of my activities are located in Kenya, where I am from. I'm Kenyan, so I go there often, but also in the greater like East Africa and hoping to get more involved, you know, in any low and middle income setting. Wow, that's exciting. Can you tell us a little bit about some specific things you've done in the global health section? So in the global health division, I am the uh, POCUS director. And so they basically, you know, 
trying to it, it it's that it's just having a point person when it comes to thinking through things considerations to think through when you're trying to go and teach or introduce a, a training program or build a curriculum or just go and teach at all like what you know which machine should you take or what kind of consideration should you have so that's kind of my role <laughs> in the global health division <laughs> yeah wonderful yes. and you gave a wonderful talk here and there's some really rigorous training happening abroad. What about like the future of ultrasound makes you most excited, especially within the global health sphere and like how ultrasound can impact that? Yeah. So the need for point of care ultrasound in the developing world is huge, right? So that statistics from WHO, like two thirds of the world doesn't have access to diagnostic imaging. I think it's a big challenge to us, you know, and the WHO has actually recognized it. And they've said that, you know, they usually come out with a WHO essentials kit. And now they have recognized point of care ultrasound as an essential in emergency care centers in low and middle income countries. And so this is, you know, the large body that we look up to for recommendations and for essentials that are required. And now point of care ultrasound is one of those things. And so I think that we have the mandate now to really go and, and, and teach this and train this. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited that I think there's a greater recognition globally of the role of point of care ultrasound. And I think that gives us a lot of ground. Anytime you go into a place where there's nothing and you're building from nothing, you at the very least can say, Hey, this is something that the WHO recommends, you know, so people have a point of reference of understanding why this is important. Do you think that mandate will help kind of push those with funding and power to help subsidize some of this work? Because I know a lot of it tends to be kind of big borrow and steal, like whoever will give you things and getting machines to take and leave are really can be really challenging. Yes, I hope it does. I really <laughs> hope that it, it spurs that and that it stimulates that kind of funding, you know, because as a trainer, as an educator, you really want to train people and leave them with something. You know, you want to make sure that they have an ultrasound to then continue using and that you you know, they can continue obtaining images and that you can also look at the images from afar if you, you know, so you can continue to teach them from afar. So I'm really hoping that that will spur that kind of funding and yeah. development because we need it. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it's very much needed. That's amazing. The, the yeah. global health space is just continuing to expand and it's really yes. exciting to see what's going to happen. Yeah. What, what do you recommend to people who are new to this and want to get involved in the global health kind of sphere, but aren't sure where to start? Any recommendations for those people? Yes, the need is great. But I think it's important to do the legwork, you know, and to really look out for organizations that have a footprint on the ground, because you want to make sure that you're part of something that is sustainable. Like you want your efforts to be with a group or an organization that you know that you will leave something, you leave an ultrasound, that you are part of a training that is sustainable. Because I think we get ultrasound is something that's very easy and cool to get excited about. You know, people just, it's exciting or we're going to go and teach this point of care ultrasound and it's amazing. I mean, people who learn it for the first time really gravitate towards it. So it's very fun. But then think about after you leave, you know, what's going to happen? You know, how is this going to sustain itself? How are other people who come through have an easier time or a better time than you did, you know, initially when you started this? So that's what I would recommend. That's yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the guys. Yes, you're wonderful. Can you tell Thank us you. who you are and what you do? T. Lu, that's me, Teresa Lu. How are you enjoying the conference so far? Good, good. It's always, you know, for me, the conference is always like 
talking to people, idea exchange, collaboration ideas. But scuff, honestly, is like so tough because you have FOMO all the time. You're either talking to someone, or you're like missing the lecture, and the lectures are actually good. Like. I shouldn't say this, but I haven't been to an ASAP lecture in years. <laughs> but I go to ASAP every year, you know, and I get a lot out of it because I learn so much like outside of the classroom. But here, I'm like, right now, what am I missing? Right, it's so much more focused, so much more relevant to our everyday practice. It touches on not just like knowledge, but education, administration, fellowship level stuff. It's just so practical to all of us. Yeah, fellowship and faculty level. Like I was blown away this morning, and this is the last day. You know, I'm like maybe I should go out and hang out in Portland. But like this morning, I was like, okay, I'm staying. Like you know, like talk by Patricia Hanway, talk by David Wallenberg. I mean those Waterman, Waterman. Like he's、uh, the radiologist was talking about system wide implementation. Amazing stuff. I'm still learning, just sitting in the lecture. I was recording it myself because it's not being recorded. So I, my hands like getting sore from holding the i, like the iPhone, you know. Yeah, well, the collaboration is great here, and I think the networking is really nice, especially for young faculty like myself who are just getting into the the community. And it's great to meet people and find others like yourself. And you know, whether that's research, whether it's teaching, there's so much collaboration going on between programs, and so it's it's really wonderful to see. Yeah, I think the organizers are really good about anticipating the needs of the fellows as well, not just like core fellowship content, but like you say, you're going out to the community. I didn't have community talks like when I graduated from fellowship or even as a faculty. I, you know, oh, I know my whole life was academics because by definition. You're in training. You're in an academic institution. I wouldn't even know how to start in a community. But this conference, we talk about multiple perspectives from the community perspective, which honestly is the next frontier, right? I mean, we taught the students already. <laughs> the next ones, you know, this is, this is the hard nut to crack, which is how to do it for the practitioners. Wow. Well, that's actually a great transition because we were going to ask, what is, what do you think is up and coming? What are you most excited about in the Pocus world? Yeah, I'm not gonna say AI because everyone else said it. <laughs> I mean, I think technology is gonna transform, but you know, talking about system integration, like, you know, I think I think that is the next big fight to make happen. You know, I think, like I say, we are.、Uh, I was listening to the lecture, and I had a deja vu because I'm like, "This is what we were doing. This is what we we're fighting ten, twelve years ago." To the deans, you know, back I was in George Washington, and actually Dave Bonner visited me in D.C. to have a meeting with my dean with me and help me launch the medical education curriculum. I don't know if you knew that. That's when he told me about the. Well, it's now copyrighted, but the the competition that was happening at Ohio <laughs> State, and and then we started talking about bringing that at a national stage. That all happened、mm-hmm. in that that same trip, and right now we're trying to figure out instead of the deans. Now we have the C suite, we have the hospital leadership. 
to see how should we do this multidisciplinary system-wide implementation of POCUS, you know. So, and the other thing that we're hearing about, I think, this past couple of days is how people do ultrasound and, like beyond ultrasound, right? Ultrasound is now the baseline, right? That's not the one thing that makes you shine. So now it's like POCUS training give you that new baseline to go to the next level, leadership in administration, education, or research. That's what's coming next in AI. <laughs> <laughs> always AI. No, that's great. That's a really great summary of where we're heading as a, as a field. So we appreciate all your insights. Okay, well, we have another great guest here with us today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about where you're working right now. All right, so my name is Rodolfo Macias. I'm currently an ultrasound fellow at Indiana University. I did my residency, obviously, with you at Ohio State. So right now, I'm really excited about content creation and ultrasound and kind of where that is heading. That's really my focus right now as a fellow. I really want to bring kind of more e-learning modules to the forefront and kind of, you know, really depend on those modules to really push a lot of the the learning and then do more hands-on teaching with the learners. So that's kind of what I'm trying to work on right now. I'm actually going to a conference next month in Las Vegas called DevLearn to learn about Storyline 360. It's a software to create these modules. So that's I'm hoping to to learn how to use that software so I can create the modules that I'm kind of thinking of in my head. I love that idea because it makes so much sense. I think a lot of us have, we probably use e-learning in one way or another. And there's been lots of studies, educational studies on how to best incorporate that into ultrasound training, because obviously we can't entirely replace the hands-on component, but maybe we can optimize how we use the in-person time if we give them a lot of front-loaded learning before they actually get there. So that's a really fascinating area to develop. What what does this software teach you or how do you use it and what is your like what's your vision for what this type of learning can be like? Really my vision is to essentially just build my own curriculum using these e-learning modules. So somebody can just say, I don't know, say I build a website, somebody can just come in and just start going through and taking my modules to essentially learn basic cardiac ultrasound maybe they want to do advanced cardiac ultrasound or whatever it is they want they want to learn and within these modules there's going to be embedded questions to kind of test their learning as they progress through the module and basically storyline that software allows me to do that it's basically like coding for dummies you can basically integrate you can create variables that hold information that the learner is inputting throughout your module and then you can use that information to build questions or you know maybe if they got a question wrong in the beginning you can ask them a similar question later on in the module to kind of you know more space repetition i guess so it is it is a very fascinating software that at least just glossing over their website and you know reviewing a few how-to videos on on youtube but it's very exciting and really looking forward to hopefully learning how to use that software so I can create these these modules. Wow, yeah. I'm really looking forward to see what you come up with, and I'd love to learn from you as well in that regard. 
Well, Rodolfo, thanks so much for coming to talk to us today. It's great seeing you again. Yeah, same here. Thank you for having me. Our next guest is a legend that we are lucky to have currently at our institution. Why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself. What's your name? Where are you from? What are you up to? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for inviting me um, to the podcast. I'm Santiago Cantillo, and I'm originally from Colombia. I'm, I'm, I'm a physician from there. And then I've been here now for six years. I did my residency in North Carolina at Duke. And then I'm, I'm very happy to have joined OSU very recently. So I'm part of the Ultrasound Fellows currently there. Yes. And it's been a real joy to get to know you this year so far, Santi. So we're here talking at Scuff, and we just want to get to know what sort of things about ultrasound are you passionate about? Are you interested in? I think that, first of all, I'm a believer. So I think that, you know, one of the things that pushed me in going into ultrasound was just how important it is for the clinical practice and how important is, you know, how much of a better clinician it makes me if I can actually participate in it. So, and, and incorporate it in my practice. So I think that that's one of the most important things. I do feel that it, it gives me like tools for teaching and, and tools for improve my, my outcomes in, in my patients. So that's one of the big things. And then I'm a big fan of nerve blocks. I think that I'm, I'm hopefully, you know, going to dedicate some good time in fellowship learning about those and then transmitting that, that knowledge to some other people. What has been the most impactful thing for you from this conference? Seeing the focus of the academic community in ultrasound and 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 you know I, I remember yesterday someone was saying you guys are not just doing a, a fellowship in ultrasound you're doing a fellowship in leadership and and I you know I appreciate you know seeing the the, the emphasis of, of the conference and how much like it's you know creating like education leaders so I think that that's great I have enjoyed that part very much. Excellent well thanks so much for coming over here it's always a pleasure. So first, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us where you work. My name is Lindsay Taylor. I am a associate professor of emergency medicine at Virginia Commonwealth University. Wonderful. And she's being humble, but Lindsay is also the leader of all the organizations. <laughs> so we can't leave that out. She's like queen of the universe of ultrasound right now. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you. And we'd love to get your thoughts on what you think is the next thing for ultrasound or, or anything that you're really excited about in the field. You know, I think a lot of the talks too at this conference is is enlightening so with ai and with you know i have a stronghold in te so i get to you know teach that a lot and we get to utilize it in our emergency department so just expanding that kind of knowledge and you know education would be great contrast enhanced ultrasound i see the future for that we've been trying for a while at our facility but we just have to get past that red tape but there's just there's a lot of technology and advancements in the field that are very exciting yeah. And, you know, a lot of people have mentioned that they're hoping to either start a TEE program or, you know, get a probe in the near future. You've had a program for a while now. Can you give us some insights, like having had it established for a little bit, some things that you've learned about the process or maybe tips for people? When I came into fellowship, it was 2016 and we had already, I believe we had snuck the TEE probe into the major purchase. And that's how our division director accomplished getting the TEE into our hospital to begin with. And then, you know, the process is just getting, making sure you have HLD. And we were fortunate enough to have cardiac anesthesia program that also does TE. So initially we, we bonded with them, cleaned our probes with them, and then we also share a simulator. So for educational purposes, we kind of had it all set in place. And thankfully our division director kind of, he did the bulldozing of the breaking down the barriers of with cardiology and anesthesia and 
they didn't, they, they threw their hands up. They're like, okay, you win, just go. And uh, we haven't had an issue since. And I would say for the listeners who are really intimidated by TEE, if you get a chance to learn from Lindsay, it will feel so easy. In a very short amount of time, even at Sono Games this past year, she did a five-minute tutorial, and we watched the third-year residents, second-year residents, rocket during the final round of Sono Games. So she is the queen of making TEE look easy. <laughs> well, it's great having you here, Lindsay. Good to see you, as always. All right. Well, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and where you're working currently. Hey, Josh Gutman. I'm at Emory University, just retired from fellowship directing after five years. Yeah, then that's me. (laughs) All right, Josh. So Mike's been really nice and only doing the good side of ultrasound. I want to know what your favorite controversy and focus is today. Oh, my favorite controversy, you have to think about it, is the age-old procedure versus physical exam Mm. part of it. The, the stethoscope, right. And this is a debate I have with my internal colleagues uh, back um, who feel very strong. This is a part of the physical exam. It's a procedure. They feel comfortable billing for it and think of it as more of augmentation, whereas you know, I'm, I'm on the side of it being a procedure. But I see both sides, and there certainly is elements of it being more of a augmented physical exam. And kind of the way we use it a lot of the time is like that. Patients got right upper quadrant pain. They've got tenderness. We put on ultrasound to go beyond that a little bit. So I see where they're coming from that. But also at the same time, this is certainly a procedure that's done based on the history and physical, like like everything else that we do. So I enjoy talking about it. I think I, I'm happy debating both sides. Certainly I lie on, on one side of the aisle, as is most of emergency medicine. But I'm For your safety, we won't ask you which side. <laughs> no, I, no, I definitely lie on the procedure side. I argue, argue that side, but I... I can argue the physical exam side, which I think it's nice. I think if you're going to debate and a good controversy, there's got to be uh, both sides have to have merit. And I think they both do have merit. So that's why that's my favorite controversy. I like that, too. I've always understood both sides as well. And I think that there's a nice medium where, yes, we all agree that ultrasound is valuable in when used alongside your physical exam and used liberally to help supplement things that you can find with your physical exam as well. And then whether or not you're billing for it as a procedure, I think maybe that's more more challenging for people to swallow sometimes. But I mean, it is remarkably similar to a lot of other things that we bill for in medicine. So I kind of see that side. I mean, I very strongly lean towards the document it, bill it. I would never take an EKG and light it on fire and not let other people see it. So why am I hiding this data that is objectively available for interpretation from everyone else? So that's my not so subtle opinion. I, I don't think they are. I don't think they're arguing to like get rid of it and not document it. It's more like, is this, is this something that we should we should bill separately as a separate procedure, or is this something that should be encompassed into our bedside exam? And the argument from one of my internal medicine colleagues is, do we have to be at the level of a radiologist? Like, if I'm going to bill for it, I should be at the level of a radiologist. You know, I think, I, I certainly think us in, in definitely emergency medicine, ultrasound, and even great internists who do a lot of ultrasound certainly reach the level that is sufficient for billing, in my opinion, in all of our opinions. But that's from, from their standpoint, they feel like if they're doing this other thing, it should be at that level and that they're doing a more limited. So it should be part of the, it's more an augmented physical exam, save images, document, have that available for everyone, but have it be sort of globally within the physical exam. And so that's their side of, of it. 
another discussion was when it comes down to you know use of technology and interpretation. You know, do we bill separately for when we do a, you know a, you know checking for pulses if we're doing a Doppler on an extremity and sort of that's using technology that needs a little bit extra skill per se, but that is part of the physical exam as well. And so when I brought up the argument, this is an extra technology, it's extra skill, he said, well, that's also technology and extra skill, yet it is part of the physical exam. So I thought that was an interesting take on it as well. I think this is a great philosophical quandary of the sonography, sonology world. But as we talked about a lot here at SCUF, like system-wide is becoming commonplace. And I think it's something all people implementing a system-wide program really need be willing to hear both sides and kind of find where your institution, where you're going to guide them on that discussion, because it will, if you plan ahead, it will probably prevent a lot of battles (laughs) in your path. (laughs) And these discussions came up in these system-wide discussions and where where it should be, but it, it was very interesting hearing other specialties opinions and and thoughts, especially when we as a specialty, and especially as ASEP had come out with this being a separate procedure, we, we all have this group think. And so I, I thought it was fun to to hear another side and discuss another side and to leave the bubble and well, what are other specialties saying and what are the, what is what are their sides of of the this debate. So that's why it's my favorite controversy. I love that. And anything else that you're excited for coming down the pike in ultrasound? Oh, we just at Emory we just finished a study on contrast enhanced ultrasound and trauma. So we just enrolled our last patient like last week. So we were all able to come to scuff with like our funding was ending this this next this month. So we were all like breathe the sigh of relief that we can come to scuff and enrolling our last patient. So it's yeah. really cool. And I think I definitely think there's a role for it in the future. We we called it the B fast exam, the bubble enhanced fast. Yeah. I that's credit to Laura O. It's, this is her this is her baby and I was just glad to be a part of it. Yeah, to look at the solid organ injury. And when you see an injury on contrast, and you see on one side of the screen, you've got the B mode, and you're seeing a liver, and then you see on the other side, you know, part of the liver not light up. It is super cool, and really like takes your bedside assessment to a whole new level. So I, I and, and it was, you know, the, it's, it's easy to mix up, it takes a minute to like mix up the contrast. We had like no I didn't have any adverse reactions related to it. People got CT contrast, had no issues. So it was it was a lot of fun. And so I'm, I'm excited about where this is going to go. Well, thanks, Josh. Great talking to you. All right. Well, we have a real treat for our next guest. Why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you. Hi, my name is Christina Wilson, and I am ultrasound faculty at Maine Medical Center, which is the current host of SCUF 2023. I am the ultrasound fellowship director and have been for the past six years, I think. One of the highlights of my week at SCUF was seeing eight, nine of my past 11 fellows all together, all in, all in a row in the audience, which is, yeah, I feel like our very proud mother. And Christine and I go way back to riding, I think, bus number 64 together. Yes. Yeah, Mike and I were at the same bus stop. And both of our parents are doctors. And we didn't know that either of us were doctors and beyond that, emergency doctors and beyond that, emergency ultrasound doctors and beyond that, emergency ultrasound doctors who are interested in education. Yeah. And we didn't find it until you guys hosted Scuff in Ohio. We're like, wait, are you? Mike Pratt's? Are you Christina Wilson? And our siblings dated. Well, we'd love to know, get your take. What's going on with ultrasound and your program or or anything in general that you're interested in or excited about in ultrasound? I think, so 
in the past year or past few months, we've actually had a lot of our ultrasound folks move on to administrative positions. So one of our ultrasound directors is now the system-wide focus director, and one of our former fellows is now the ultrasound quality or the department quality director. And I feel like one of the themes of this conference this year was ultrasound and leadership roles and ultrasound quality and how we have the skill set to kind of be leaders, not just in ultrasound or education or in research, but kind of hospital wide. And I've never thought of myself as a leader, but have been really inspired by my coworkers and especially Nick's talk at this scuff that we are all leaders and kind of broadening the scope of of what does that mean in the hospital. So I'm pretty psyched to work as kind of an underling with our new system-wide focus director and our quality director. Now, I like to be in the background, but I'm really, really inspired by a lot of our speakers this year and the things that they're doing, like Megan and Trish and, and Nick and so many accomplished people doing awesome stuff and within our own community too. So I, I think that's my takeaway from Scuff this year and all of our colleagues in this community over the past five, ten years kind of moving on to these amazing leadership roles. Yeah, it's been exciting. I had a wonderful favorite Nick Thayuni quote, which was, don't ask yourself, can I be a leader? Say, am I going to be a good leader or a bad leader? Totally. Because everybody in this room will be a leader. And I was like, yes, Nick. It's such a simple idea, but it's so true. We are looked at as leaders in our department, in our hospital. And yeah, you can be good at it or you can be bad at it, but you're not going to not be it. Well, thanks so much for coming to talk to us. It was great to see you. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do. My name is Andrew Freed. I'm ultrasound faculty at Maine Medical Center here in Portland, Maine. Originally from outside of Philadelphia, but made the move back up here or up here for residency. Stuck around for ultrasound fellowship and then have been lucky enough to stick around as uh, faculty here. It's, yes. been, it's been a great time and I uh, love it up here in Maine. Thanks for coming to visit our city. Oh, yeah. We'd love it here, too. I wish we could stay longer. <laughs> <laughs> I think Christina alluded to some new positions that you're doing. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So I've uh, recently become the director of, director of quality improvement and uh, patient experience, which has been a, a fun transition for me just over the last really two months. And it's, it's pretty amazing to see how many of the, the projects that you immediately get inspired to do are ultrasound based in general. So. Interesting. Can you give any examples of like what ultrasound projects would be? Yeah, I was pretty inspired by Arun's talk yesterday about getting a block cart together. I mean, that's such a easy, just a perfect way to get people excited to do blocks more efficiently in your department. So that's something we're definitely looking forward to do. Yeah, I love that idea. Just like airway carts or code carts, just having every single drawer just be like, here's where you get one thing, next thing, next thing, and just making it so easy for people. I mean, and as he mentioned, it sounds like a lot of this is design type thinking for medicine. And I'm sure that's a big part of your job, trying to make things work for people and work better for patients. Cool. Well, what else are you interested in in ultrasound in the future? Yeah, my big passion is in TEE. So started a program in TEE at Maine Med a couple of years back. And what really gets me psyched is training the residents specifically. I find that a lot of the attendings are psyched, but some of them are a little skeptical, which is totally appropriate. Whereas all the residents are just so stoked to get on board and learn and get their hands on SIM and then do it in the department, the critical care bay. So that's been a real pleasure to get them on board. I think that's a common issue, especially with ultrasound. We have such a wide array of faculty from various training backgrounds. And how do you overcome that hurdle that only some of the attendings want me to do? Because I know we've seen that with like nerve blocks, for example. And I assume with TEE, like, you can't control like who takes care of the coding patient. And so when the resident wants to do it, like, what do you, how are you 
mending that gap. Yeah, I think what you do is you, you you find that positivity and you let them lead. So you get the people that are psyched, you train them up. And then when they start doing it, everyone's wondering, wow, I, I probably, you know, they see a code run like that and they, they have to want to get on board. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. You got to find that mo- what motivates them and capitalize on it. Well, thanks so much for sharing that with us. It's great meeting you. That's a better phone. It sounds like we got a listener calling in for our final guest. We have somebody that needs no introduction, but we'll still ask him to introduce himself, Jeremy Boyd. Yeah. Hey, guys. Sorry. First time calling in. Long time listener. First time caller. My name is Jeremy Boyd. I am the director of ultrasound at or the emergency ultrasound division at Vanderbilt. I've recently taken on a new role as the director of faculty education and training as well over the past year, which has been super fun. And I also work some of the Nashville VA. No hospitals that start with a V are represented by my opinions or statements on this podcast. What's that new role like? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So as with a lot of hospitals and hospital systems that are kind of going from becoming an institution to an actual healthcare system, Vanderbilt and our department has started staffing other regional hospitals in the area. So we now have four regional hospitals or four additional sites beyond just like the downtown academic emergency department that we staff. And so we've really seen a kind of diversity in terms of our faculty and the faculty that have joined our program and also in terms of the types of places that we staff. So we now staff a critical access hospital, a a hospital that's a little bit has slightly more complex, but is kind of in that same sort of closer to rural area and not in the Nashville metro exclusively, in addition to something that's kind of in the Nashville suburbs. So it's been really cool to kind of work with these other providers. And basically, ultrasound is part of it, but it's also ensuring that we have a program that sees to an even quality of care across all of our departments. And basically, I get to do ultrasound for faculty in addition to other things like procedures and sort of the cognitive stuff and a little bit of faculty development as well, which has been probably my favorite overall because that's fun. So fun. I think this scuff has been really cool with the theme of leadership and transitions to kind of watch like your peers mature. Like everybody here, I feel like has some sort of pivot in the last two or three years. And it's just really cool to see kind of the evolution and how like ultrasound has set so many people up for success. Yeah, I agree. I'm biased, obviously. But I think, I mean, this is one of the things we've discussed with some of these folks is you deal in such a collaborative and interesting and kind of like multidisciplinary field when you're doing emergency ultrasound or clinical ultrasound or point of care ultrasound that it naturally leads itself to, I think, leadership opportunities, to working with others and kind of letting other people see your skill sets and your strengths. And it's a natural sort of educational fit. I mean, this is a, in effect a brand new sort of, we're not brand new, but I mean, to a certain extent as a professionalized subspecialty boarded field with accreditation and all that stuff, we're, we're relatively new. And so a lot of these people are already participating in leadership opportunities within this specialty. And now they're kind of like taking that elsewhere, which is great to see. Well, Jeremy, I can't think of a more fitting guest to conclude our podcast with. A lot of good reflections. I would love to hear your profound thoughts on the future (laughs) of ultrasound. On the future of sound waves. So my, my, my colleagues know this. My, my residents know this. I, I like to refer to sound waves partly because I feel like it's a reference to like the Decepticons and other (laughs) cool nerdy things. But so, so the future of sound waves, gosh, I think 
So logistically, so I have two things. I have a hope and a fear. I'll start with the fear. My fear is that in becoming professionalized and in the midst of the boarding crises that I think our healthcare system is facing is that we increasingly become seen as a subspecialty for specialized knowledge rather than something that is accessible and possible for every healthcare provider to do with their patients. And so I worry that as we see increased boarding, fewer opportunities for what you might call de novo scanning on some patients, that you might see people siloing a lot more the applications that they do. And so there's fewer opportunities to do something like a DVT ultrasound because that patient has been in the waiting room and has already had that ordered from a comprehensive consultant specialty while waiting in the waiting room, or they don't even come to the emergency department. And I don't think this is just the emergency department where I think that's sort of the most symptomatic space potentially right now. But so that's my fear is that we, it becomes one of these things where residents are like, Oh yeah, that's really cool, but that's not really what I'm into. I'm really more of a tox person or like critical care. So I'm just going to focus on that stuff and I'm going to let the ultrasound people do that. So I worry a little bit about that. However, I do think we have a tremendous opportunity that's coming around with both things like family medicine and family medicine training, increased sort of fellowships and training. I think people developing really cool curricula and also the, the decrease sort of the cost of entry is so much lower that I think we've got a really great opportunity to see point of care ultrasound more so than just emergency ultrasound become increasingly more an extension of beds of the practice of bedside medicine, just like the other things that I think are really important, which is history and physical exam and just actually communicating with a patient. And so I'm not, this is not me saying that ultrasound is the extension of the bedside of the physical exam. And that may be what you heard, which is why I'm correcting you, which is why I'm correcting you. This is what I do with my kids. Regardless of what you think you heard, here's what I said. I, I didn't even get my full dad voice. I can do it, but young lady. <laughs> but, but ultrasound has the opportunity, point of care ultrasound. I mean, it is, its name is there. It's at the point of care. So increasingly at the point of care and not just, Hey, ultrasound team, come on over here and take a look at this. But they're like everybody. And then it's like point of care. And the other point of care, not just the ED point of care, but the, the, the clinic point of care, the pre-op point of care, the ICU point of care, the ambulance point of care, the helicopter point of care, the field point of care, the, you know, the base camp point of care. Like we have a real opportunity where the barrier of entry is low. The people interested is growing, growing outside of our specialty. And so I think continuing to remain in dialogue with those people, continuing to network and establish mentorship in and outside of our specialty is like, I think that's what SCUF is all about and why I like coming to this conference and talking about it. And so I think we're going to see a lot of development in terms of who's doing it and where they're doing it. And of course, it's, you know, behooving to all of us to make sure that we all do it. That's a great note to end on. I think connection, collaboration. That's the future. We can help our patients. We can help each other. Jeremy, you're a cornucopia of wisdom. We always appreciate having you on the show. I hope you all enjoyed that at least a fraction of as much as I did. 
So many brilliant minds, so much hope for the future. People, progress, pocus. I know that you, if you're listening, are probably just as wonderful as the many people we talked to in this series. Keep up the good work. I hope you are inspired to do your next big thing. There will be some pictures, links, and a list of our illustrious guests on the show notes at ultrasoundgel.org. And until next time, my friends, farewell, and I will talk to you later. More. Pressure. More. Gel. More. Pressure. More. Gel. More. Ultrasound Gel Podcast.